0: It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking
1: the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Thanks for taking some time out to join us for another edition of Smart Money Questions, the podcast that'll... Answer all of your great and smart money questions each and every week. Walter Storholt here alongside Matt Hausman this time around. Matt is the founder of Old Security Group with offices in Westchester, PA, Newark, Delaware, but serving clients all across the country. Welcome to those of you who have listened to many of these podcasts in the past. And if you're new, welcome as well. We've got a good edition of the show for you today where we see what's happening in the news and tackle some of the most interesting news headlines from the past couple of weeks. Before we get to all of that, though, Matt, great to talk to you once again. How are you, sir?
0: Hey buddy, I'm pretty good. How are you doing?
1: I am well. I know that, you know, we are just in that pre holiday mode, both at record time here and I think when probably most people are listening to the show, kind of that pre holiday phase. But it's about to start ramping up for us, I know. Lots of travel. You're you're what, going down to Florida to visit family for a couple of days?
0: Oh, that's right. I'll be hopefully getting warm. It's been a little chilly up here the last couple of days,
1: that's for sure. As we record, you know, we're expecting a big snowstorm down here in North Carolina, so We'll oh really? S- we'll see if it actually comes to fruition. By the time we record next time we'll certainly know whether that's gonna be the case or not. But
0: I'm pulling up weather dot com as we talk.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things where like we live in a in an area of North Carolina where we either you ever heard the saying if you want the heaviest snows, you gotta smell the rain. Meaning you're either going to feast or famine. That's where we always are. We're always where the heavy precipitation is, but we can easily flip to rain or heavy snow. So you're either going to get a 15-inch snow or nothing. (laughs) There's no in-between here, it seems.
0: Yeah, I see. They're calling it Storm Diego, huh? Diego. Heavy snow ice threat in the Mid-Atlantic.
1: I didn't even know the storm had a name, but uh, Diego. They're going off the Lion King there, maybe? Is that
0: guess. (laughs) That's right.
1: Yeah, I saw that trailer got released recently, the uh, new live action lion king why do they try to improve on things that were you know perfect once before i guess because they can't think of anything new (laughs) and it's a cash cow right it's just gonna right well maybe there's a good lesson there actually if it ain't broke don't fix it just keep doing it again and again right (laughs) right
0: that's exactly right (laughs) well new people the new stars all that kind of stuff
1: that's right you can just what is old is new again something like that Well, maybe we can draw some great financial lessons, not from the Lion King, but from some of these headlines that we have to go over on today's podcast. So every once in a while, we like to do this. We see what's kind of happening in the news. We look at some of these headlines, and we like to get Matt's perspective on these things, because I know if you're like me, you see these things in the news, and they kind of get spun in different directions depending on what news channel you're watching Or maybe you don't watch the news that much. This will be informative. (laughs) Which is, yeah, it can be smart to an extent, but you do maybe miss on some things every once in a while. You know, we're talking about snow, but we also have had over the last couple of months some other natural disasters, the awful fires out in California. Some of the images that came from that were just astounding. I mean, you talk about just odd weather phenomena, the images of somebody driving through those fires trying to escape that just has to be one of the most harrowing things anybody goes through
0: oh it's it's you know we see that kind of stuff in the movies and when you're watching the movie you know that it's hollywood so it's made up but looking at that it's like man it's the real deal you know
1: yeah i've always wondered like how does the fire move so quickly that it gets people in such peril so fast and then i think as technology has improved and video has been you know coming to the forefront it's now a little bit easier to see just how fast that fire can sweep across a landscape. And so anyway, it kind of is just another one of those natural disasters that we've seen happening, you know, over recent years. And whenever we have these natural disasters, you see scammers popping up everywhere to take advantage of the situation. You know, we had the hurricane here in North Carolina this year, Hurricane Florence coming through. The fires, there was no different. There were scammers everywhere. My folks on the coast, I know we talked about this on a previous podcast, they've had to be very careful about who they talk to and hire to come and fix things around the house because there's just scammers lurking all over the place. I'm curious if we expand this to the broader financial world, Matt, and this kind of gave rise to an idea, what are some of the common financial scams, not necessarily related to natural disasters, that people should be aware of? And I think the timing also here around the holidays is probably pretty important too.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like we were just talking before we were recording that, you know, Maggie and I just had our credit cards hacked. You know, people were able to get it and then go buy a bunch of stuff, and the scammers are.
1: Merry Christmas, oh, Matt. Good job. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> as we were talking, and I just wonder how much fraud happens this time of year, as everyone is buying gifts and and stuff like that. But in the financial world, it's happening 365 days a year. There's always going to be stuff. If you just watch American Greed, you'll see some of the schemes that people have come up with are pretty amazing. But one of the things, and I've talked about this in the past, I consider it a scam. You'll see a pop-up ad or something like that in your Facebook feed, or you're watching, you're reading CNBC or one of the news stations, and you click on it and it's going to say something, a guaranteed 12% return or learn how to make money buying or trading gold. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple firms out there, multiple firms, one of them down in Florida, one of them just down in Baltimore. And all they do all day is they hire copywriters to come up with the idea of creating copy or words that are going to entice someone where they can buy something and it's going to teach them how to, quote, make a bunch of money. And I really consider that a scam because I've had multiple clients. And one client we have spoke about a couple of times that Spent some serious money on, quote, buying their information. And in my opinion, took it to heart as if it was real. I really consider it entertainment value, but they considered it real and moved everything out and went and followed their direction. Hmm. And people have just got to be very weary of that. You know, I had someone in my office 10 years ago now, 2008. We remember what was happening in 2008 especially right now, the tail end of 2008, and they were talking to me about that they were they were going to buy natural gas leasing, what's called a private placement.
1: Natural and, gas leasing, okay.
0: Correct. So essentially, they were going to give their money to this firm, and it's called a private placement. It's an unregistered security, and they fill out the paperwork, and in the paperwork, it's essentially a promise to pay based on the leasing rights that they were going to be getting. And these are pretty common. Many times they're held in limited partnerships where you're going to buy these rights. And what this person was doing, they were going to give, I think it was around $57,000. And they were expecting like a $600,000 payout over six or seven years. Now we can kind of think about that right now and be like, man, why would anyone think that that's possible? But then, well, it's natural gas, and that's just an abundant natural resource. And so surely that's what I'm going to get. Long story short, lost all of his money. All of it, poof, gone. And so you really have to analyze when you're reading this, you know, the old adage, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And there's always a trade-off, right? If we want safety, we're going to, more than likely, we're going to not get a great return. If we're going to take on a lot of risk, we would expect a greater return. And I think we really have to analyze the risk. In this case, I'm going to give this company my money. There's no guarantee I'm going to get anything out. And by the way, it's written in the document. If you actually read it, in this case, it was about a 15 page document they were signing that says that and proceeded to lose all of his money. So I always tell clients, you know, first of all, if you see something or if you want an opinion on it, just shoot it over to me, email it to me. Or drop it by the office, fax it, something like that. Let's look at it. And many clients have done it. I think I mentioned this. One of the first podcasts we recorded, a gentleman got multiple letters saying that they were looking for a $50 to $500 donation so this firm could lobby Congress to make sure that the new Social Security was not going to be raided. So anyway, he faxed the stuff. I started looking into it. Come to find out it was a shell corporation that was out of Virginia that had been named another corporation, and they were just establishing new companies along the way to do these mail-outs because they know a certain percentage are going to send them a check. And he was about ready to, thinking that this particular lobbying group was going to, quote, save Social Security. So just be aware of when you have that too-good-to-be-true You really have to analyze and look into what is it and how are they saying it. That organization that's out of Baltimore, think about it like this. They have copywriters that are making a million dollars plus just to generate language to promote or sell their information. That's all they're doing, just selling information. They're technically considered a publishing company. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. And they're obviously very astute and very well at writing that copy. It's kind of like believing I'm going to buy a cream and it's going to make me look like I did when I was 30. (laughs) But, you know, you watch the commercials and, oh, my goodness, the before and after pictures, and I feel great. Yeah, but you know what's at the
1: bottom of those is that little disclaimer that says, what, results not typical. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, right? I love the weight loss ones that say that. Bobby lost 600 pounds on the blah, 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 Nutris, you know, something or another system. Results not (laughs) typical.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's no different than that. And especially in the financial world in general, you just really have to look at and analyze. And in my opinion, you know, get a professional that's in the business of doing this every day and have them let you know, is this real or is it not? And hopefully they'll be able to do the digging like what we do to be able to point out some of the fallacies that they're preaching. It's kind of like when I sat with that organization and I had a client ask me this, I thought it was a great question. She said, well, Matt, just out of curiosity, why were you there? Why did you go to this event? I actually had the opportunity with about 30 other people to sit in and be able to go through this organization down in Baltimore for a full day. I got to see everything from the call center to meeting the copywriters to how they design the Facebook feed or the ads, how they do their email campaigns. And then a gentleman got up, and he was the editor along with his copywriter that wrote this whole big multiple campaign system to be able to sell someone to teach them how they can become a millionaire in cryptocurrency. And they had hired essentially a hired gun an economist that was pretty well known, had been on CNBC multiple times to come in and talk about it. But all they were doing was selling this particular information as the holy grail. And if you would have heard how these people were talking, it was amazing. The ad had only been out for two weeks and they had already generated, if I remember right, 20 some million dollars in that. And so going back to the client's question, well, why were you there, Matt? The idea is I want to know what my clients are being bombarded with all the time. So then I can help them be able to hopefully go past all of those new shiny things. Yeah, the noise. Correct. Fascinating. So I was amazed. They were talking about this particular company had 12 different brands underneath the parent company. So what they would do... It was so predictable that if they got your email, one email that you subscribed to one of the brands, they would pummel you with the other ones in the email. And they had figured out how many emails they had to send you on a daily basis and how long it would take for you to unsubscribe and what the percentage of people that unsubscribed were.
1: Who knew it was and then, such a science scamming people?
0: Yeah, I was blown away. Absolutely, absolutely. Blown away. Wow. So, just, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. I've got a client, a business client, and they're a private placement company. And they've been a client for five years. They've been in business for 10 years. And I just happen to be able to know their books and know that they're doing it the right way. But many of them out there, there was another gentleman I was meeting with probably about five or six years ago. And same type of thing. I think he was going to be trading Denari the Iraqi currency. Ooh,
1: yeah.
0: And it was the idea that, you know, I'm going to be able to buy this. It's pennies on the dollar. It's going to grow, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And same type of thing. He gave his money to this organization. I did a quick Google search and found out that the day before this gentleman that was in charge, that was running it. He was the president and CEO of the firm had been arrested coming out of his hotel in West Palm beach, Florida. Oh, there you go. So he probably wasn't getting his money back.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Right. Right. Wow. So you just really got to be careful on those type of things. There's many what we would consider alternative investments that more than likely are scams.
1: And so if you're one of those folks who does have trouble passing the smell test, you know, deciphering things and determining whether they do or don't pass the smell test, reach out to Matt Hausman and the team at Old Security Group because they certainly have a pretty good filter for those kinds of things and can help you out there. And no shame in doing so. I think that's the big takeaway too. Info at smartmoneyquestions.com is the email address if you do have a question about something like that, something you've seen, you're not quite sure. Hey, is this legit? Is this a good decision? Should I look into this further? That's a great place to go. Info at smartmoneyquestions.com. We've come a long way since, you know, my brother, the Nigerian prince, needs your help so that he can make it out of the country and will pay you $79 million for your assistance. All you have to do is send us $600 first so that we can pay the postage to send you the large case of money we've come a long Walter,
0: way Walter, just to let you know from i have emails. gotten two of those emails in the last month
1: have you really okay so they're still they out there. are
0: still <laughs> sending them out
1: <laughs> pretty funny pretty funny anybody who's watched the office certainly knows the skit there what is it michael scott says look toby when the the post king of nigeria sends asks you for help you help him <laughs> so, <laughs> something like that when he fell for one of those scams all right. So that's one headline that certainly caught our attention and Matt <laughs> exposed to it personally in a way with the credit card fraud just recently as well. So thought that would be a fun one to talk about. This is also a good one as well, Matt, because we've seen it kind of now repeated on a loop several weeks in a row anytime we have a bad week in the market and we've seen a lot of those ups and downs we get those people saying that you know this is it this is the crash everyone's been talking about it's coming here it's happening then you have other people defending saying this is no big deal we're due for a correction and i think it just kind of leaves most investors kind of shrugging their shoulders saying you know how do we know who's right here
0: well the reality is as you know my stance on this i don't know that either one of them are right because I don't believe people can actually predict consistently and be accurate with where the market's going to go. The reality is, as we're recording this, yeah, we've we've seen a lot of volatility. And that's why it's really important to make sure that you understand what you're invested in and what that potential up and down roller coaster is going to look like. You know, they've been talking about that Numerous times. If you actually, I've got a video that's up on smartmoneyquestions.com when I talked about gearing up for the next crash. I've done that presentation two times over the course of the last five years. And in both cases, it's kind of that, oh my goodness, you know, the other shoe has got to drop right now. And I think what the other person said, you know, we're due for a slight correction. Markets are volatile. Corrections actually create opportunity. And I think if we look at it in more of a positive way and we understand where our investments are. It can give us a much better comfort feeling, but the reality is whenever there's this type of volatility, it doesn't make any of us feel good, right? But the idea of something always going up is unrealistic. It goes back to those financial scams, right? That just isn't reality.
1: Yeah, it's just sometimes tough to decipher who to listen to. And this is just another one of those examples. I find it easier to deal with determining, you know, if a scam is legitimate or not versus this. To me, this is a higher level of difficulty, trying to read those tea leaves, determine who to listen to from, a, you know, that market up and down standpoint. And also trying to keep emotions in check too. And should I view this through a short-term lens or should I be thinking about it long-term? That's always really difficult as well. And the closer to get to retirement, the harder that becomes because the short-term matters more and more. And so you've got to make sure that you're making good decisions when those things go up and go down.
0: Um, Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, sure. So let's go back and really look at and analyze what you just said. Because you made the comment as we get closer to retirement, the short term becomes more critical. Did I hear you correctly? Yes. Okay, so I would say the opposite is when we're looking at retirement now, it's not that some of your money, short term money, It should be invested where we don't see volatility, but we also now have to plan for retirement to be a 20, 25, 30-year proposition. And so in that case, we also have to have a long position. We have to have investments that we know from an income perspective we're not going to need and we're going to need to take on a little more risk and looking more long-term, if anything, just to keep up with
1: inflation. Are you disagreeing with me, Matt? Are you telling me I'm wrong? I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We can't I, be friends I, I, I would say that <laughs> it's a mix, right?
1: I think what I was getting at was the short term becomes more important. I probably just didn't state it very clearly, and so I appreciate you <laughs> correcting, certainly, was that the short term becomes more important in terms of decision making. It's not the short term investing that's important, but now we have a short window of time to recover if we make a mistake, so – if the market's down for two years now, well, f- for me in my 30s, it's not a big deal. You know, I've got time for that to recover. But at 62, you know, my mom, who's starting to kind of get into that retirement, you know, zone, she's starting to sweat it if it's going to be down for a couple of years because she's about ready to retire soon. And so, so let's talk about that. that that's, that's more of what I meant. But you're right. I did say it
0: in a. But, but let's way. jump into exactly what you said about your mom, right? So she's going to be worried. Oh, my goodness. Let's don't go back to. 10 years ago. Let's go close to 20, 18 years ago, 2000, when the market was down for three consecutive years. And that would be, if she's 62, she's going to be 65. Let's say that's the date she wants to retire. So what I would recommend she starts doing now to give her a little bit more peace of mind and be able to achieve that 65 is some of that money should be peeled off the table and not be subject to that volatility. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. Also, I need to correct, my mom's not 62. She's 60, so she'd kill me if she heard this (laughs) and heard me calling her 62. She's scrapping for every day I'll take her off
0: the email list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody send this to my mom, okay? (laughs) That's Uh, exactly right. I'll be in big trouble. All right, I think that's good. You want to say anything else about that, Matt? I think we, oh, see, they're in my head. They're in my head. I was going to say, I think we beat the dead horse here on the subject. And did you see the PETA thing that came out? They don't want. Oh my goodness! Did you see that? So they don't. They don't like be the dead horse anymore. So uh, let's see. Uh, They don't like kill
0: two birds with one stone either. What did they say it was? It was something with a scone.
1: Feed two birds with one scone.
0: That's what it is. Feed that's two what. Birds and, that's it. and the
1: alternative to beat a dead horse was feed a fed horse, <laughs> to which I'm like, that's still kind of damaging to the horse, right? If it's already been fed and we're now overfeeding the horse. And yeah. isn't, isn't beating a horse that's already dead better than, you know, kind of damaging a living horse? I don't know.
0: Well, we so. could do a whole podcast on that. Let <laughs> you me tell <talk> <laughs> you. Could.
1: I think the one that actually has some merit was instead of bringing home the bacon, was bringing home the bagels. I actually kind of like that one. Bringing home the bagels.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but we all love bacon.
1: Yeah, we do, we do. But bringing home the bagels (laughs) had kind of a cool little spin to it, but the other one's not so much. The feed two birds with one scone was just so out of left field. That one really threw me for a loop. But
0: it is a good play on words though
1: it is it is but anyway i loved watching people kind of pick that one apart too though it's like is it really good to feed birds scones though i mean like shouldn't they be having more nutritious food is you know scone really what you want to be feeding them (laughs) that's right anyway we won't get too far off of a tangent there but if you haven't seen that you got to go look at the recommended changes to sayings that peter recommended they're pretty good to get a kick out of all right last headline to touch on here matt This one was actually a headline that kind of developed throughout the year, but now that we're kind of at the end of the year, it's interesting to look back and take stock in this. After losing 90% of its value over the past 12 months or so, depending on when you're listening to this show, Sears stock is now trading below a dollar, and it's just amazing that that's the case. I grew up down the street from one of the huge Sears outlets enormous, enormous building. And then it ended up sitting vacant for most of my childhood. What does it tell you about the economy when a retail icon can't survive this strong economy that we've had the past couple of years?
0: Their leadership wasn't preparing for the new changing strong economy. Hmm. The economy is in that state of flux right now, in my opinion. And we've spoke about it. Some of the things that where technology is taking us is if a firm, whether it's Sears, whether it's Best Buy, remember about eight years ago, Best Buy was in real trouble. And Best Buy ended up creating their online presence to be very similar to the Amazon ecosphere, Mm -hmm. where multiple people can be selling on that BestBuy.com label, no different than Amazon. And I think in Sears' particular case, you're right, it is a strong economy, but it's a changing economy, and if a firm isn't moving in that direction, and there's numerous stories about uh, another one, Kmart, not moving in the direction of where the technology is taking commerce in general, right? Yeah.
1: So it's not a sign of the larger economy, in, in your opinion, of being on a no. down a downcline or anything like that, just truly really a leadership perspective there?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the economic numbers and what's happening right now over the course of the last two and three years, especially the last two years, and where GDP is, the economy is moving, at least here domestically. Obviously, right now, which is probably some of the, the volatility we've seen in the markets, Some people are worried about some European slowdowns. But the American economy, I mean, as we're recording this, The jobless claims for this week were actually 4,000 less than what's been predicted, and that's been a continual theme over the last two years. Unemployment is lower and lower and lower and lower, so the economy is extremely strong with the companies that are moving along with the digital and uh, technological advances.
1: So as long as you're keeping up with the times, times can be good at the moment.
0: Correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way I would be looking at the situation that happened with Sears.
1: Well, given all of these different headlines, Matt, and the fact that we are entering into the holidays now, any other financial or re- retirement planning tidbits we should be aware of? Will give us kind of that take stock moment here to end the podcast today.
0: Don't spend too much on Christmas gifts or Hanukkah gifts. <laughs> Don't go crazy.
1: That's a pretty that's, simple that, message.
0: That, that's, that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll give you an example. So I sat with a prospective client two years ago and uh, sat with them in the summer. And as we were going over finances and investments and income sources and those type of things, we were looking at the budget. And I came across one of the budget numbers, which essentially was buying gifts, giving to charity. And it was a pretty big number. Most of it was gift giving. This particular couple, they didn't have kids. And so their nieces and nephews, they were the favorite aunt and uncle. Ah, gotcha. And I, in a very kind and sweet way, I let them know you're giving way too much. It's affecting what we can actually do and make sure that you're going to be comfortable in retirement. They didn't particularly care for that. They didn't like the fact that I had said that. So we stopped working together. They didn't become a client. They came a year later. All of a sudden, I look on my calendar. I was like, oh, they're coming back. wonder what's going mm-hmm. on. Sat down and they ended up realizing that they were spending too much that particular Christmas, which would have been the Christmas of 16. They had really went over budget and it affected them in the first quarter. And so they were sitting with me in the second quarter of 17 and then have since become... Clients. So I, we always kind of say it, but we really have to analyze, you know, we were talking before we get on. I, you know, Hey honey, talking to my wife, let's don't go crazy here. We got a budget, right? You're staying in the budget, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, it's tough though. It, you can easily slip in, you know, especially if you're buying things that are 20, 30, 40 dollars that doesn't seem that big on an individual basis, but then when those things start piling up one after another, it just gets a little out of control. Yeah, you're like,
0: "Holy cow, how did I spend that?" Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I ran the numbers for our trip to go see family this Christmas and like, "Oh my god, this is you don't think of, oh, I'm just going to go, you know, swing up and see family." But by the time you board one of the dogs and then we're bringing another dog with us, so we've got to stay in hotel rooms for most of our visits with family just because we don't want to overcrowd their living situations and that kind of thing. You know, you're a week on the road going and visiting family and all of a sudden this thing is a full blown vacation all of a sudden and we're talking about going and trying to catch a New Jersey Devils hockey game and those tickets are expensive and you start uh, running the numbers yeah. and you're like, Oh my gosh, we don't have any money to left for the gifts. Just to go yeah. see people. You
0: know? <laughs> just arrive and say we are your gift.
1: <laughs> we are we are here. We cannot stay long. Goodbye. <laughs> that's that's right. And we're not even flying, you know. It'd be even more expensive if we were doing that. So
0: That's my advice as we are as we are ending the year.
1: Well, there you go. A couple of good in-the-news headlines to analyze there. We've got more. a couple more podcasts coming out before, if you're the kind of person who listens to these as soon as we publish. We will have two more, no, one more podcast that will come out right before the Christmas holiday. And I can say, Matt, that I can give the little tease, right? That episode is a solo podcast for Matt, and it's called The Attitude Of gratitude, So I look forward to listening to that one when it's published right before the Christmas holiday, and then we'll have another one before the new year, and then we'll be into 2019. So lots of good podcasts on the agenda for you. If you've got questions here at the end of the year, you'd like to get 2019 maybe off to a good start. You want to set up a time to meet with Matt, whether that be in one of the offices here on the East Coast in Westchester, PA or Newark, Delaware, or if you want to meet, you know, digitally, remotely, Matt can do that certainly does with clients all across the country. You can set that up online, smartmoneyquestions.com. Get in touch through the website or call Matt directly at 610-719-3003. That's 610-719-3003. Matt, appreciate it, buddy. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Sounds great. All right. That's Matt Hausman. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on the Smart Money Questions podcast.